Heart Era is underway at the University of Oklahoma. Sooners victorious, 49-31 over the Houston Cougars. Jalen Hurts uh, smashes Baker Mayfield's record for um for number of yards, total yards in a debut. Six total touchdowns he responsible for. Three in the air, three on the ground. Welcome to Sooner Nation, the online podcast for Heartland Sports. Doing our quick recap. I'm Matt Hofeld, along with Rich DeCray. Rich, before we jump in the game, I just got to say, it's really good to finally be back in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, I got... Uh, <laughs> I got uh, ESPN playing in the background. It's good to be back in the state of Oklahoma and to be able to do a podcast without the noise of New York City, rather right here in the Vivid, Ste- Vivid Seats studio. That's not as easy to say as you would think it is. Vivid Seats studio. Can you say that, Rich? Yeah, of course. Oh, you wanted me to try? <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to try it because it, it doesn't just roll off the tongue. Yeah, it doesn't just roll oh, off the no, tongue like, like no you way. thought it would. All right, Oklahoma 49, Houston 31. Uh, let's start with the defense. Uh, look, I, I, it's it's as expected. I mean, it was as expected. I I, I thought that the defense uh, did a great job at uh, at kind of corralling corralling Derek King, uh, but they still, you know, he passed for 167. He ran for 103. I, I feel like Dana Holgerson kind of leaned heavily on the running game after that that first uh, quarter uh, to try to get his offense going, and it worked. The Cougars 241 yards on the ground, 167 in the air. Um, there, to me, the biggest improvement I saw with this defense from last year was tackling. Better, better tackling. There some whiffs. Trey Brown had a really bad whiff. Uh, Kyle Porter's touchdown, or was it Kyle Porter? It led to set up a touchdown. I think it's Kyle Porter that he whiffed on. But again, I, I think you like the aggressiveness. There were some dumb penalties from the defense that, that you think will get better in time. But still, I mean, you, you give up, you know, you give up 241 yards on the ground. And and you got to think, okay, yeah, this is a really good Houston offense, and we all knew it was coming into this game. But the reality is, I, I feel like it's, it goes along with what I've been saying all along that that this was going to be a game where Oklahoma would give up a lot of yards and give up a lot of points, and kind of looked like a Big Twelve game to me. I can't disagree with with what you've said in terms of expectations. I knew that people, especially after the first two series, expectations were beginning to skyrocket. And all of a sudden, you were thinking there was this snap of a finger, and we had a new defense essentially in play. But the reality of the situation, Matt, is one thing that you've consistently said. It's the same players on the field. It can be a new system. It can be a new coach, but when you've got the same players on the field, some of those mistakes are still going to be there, and there are still going to be those issues. I think we learned that pretty quickly, pretty early on. You mentioned tackling as one of the highlights of this game. I definitely agree. It comes down to discipline. It came down to fundamentals, and what we saw was an Oklahoma defense that obviously all throughout the preseason or all throughout fall camp in summer as well, People were talking about this defense slimming down, specifically along the front seven. And here's what I'll say is they were able to get pressure on Derek King, which is something that was very welcome, especially when you consider the style of play in the Big 12. Because throughout the entire first half, 
There was not a single play that I could pinpoint where I felt like King looked comfortable running the right. offense. Oklahoma consistently moved the pocket around. They consistently pressured him, flushed him out of the pocket numerous times. And there was always a guy there who seemed ready to make the play. Most notably, that would be Kenneth Murray. But we'll get there here in a little bit. So the two things that, that I was looking at, fundamentals, Matt, we talked tackling, but, but also the discipline. Are these guys going to be disciplined as well as have that effort that was consistently talked about? And I think we definitely saw the effort. I think we saw the discipline. I think we saw more sure tackling. Again, room for improvement for sure on this defense, but we're seeing that start now. No, absolutely. And, and um, you know, there were some things that were, you know, downfield. I was watching guys downfield. There was a couple of times they got beat. You talked about keeping the area king. And because of that, most of the times when Oklahoma got beat downfield, the throw was not good. And so that that really – and you and I have talked about this leading up into the season. When you can get pressure with your front seven, it helps out those guys on the back end. I still think this is a defense – like, I, you know, I, there's nothing that I saw in this game that makes me think that this defense is not going to give up big plays. And now the good news is I don't know that there's another quarterback in the Big 12 that has the skill set of De'Aaron King. I know I know the Texas Longhorns are going to argue with that. Uh, Oklahoma State, after seeing Spencer Sanders against Oregon State, they're going to argue with the reality is I don't think that those good those guys are that good. I, I, I like the aggressiveness. I like the pressure. Those are all things that, that have changed with this defense because the previous guys, they were too afraid. Um, to bring the pressure because they were so bad in coverage. Well, now you see the flip side of that. Now there you're going to you're going to see some teams be able to scheme for that and kind of, you know, kind of, you know, make adjustments to that and now we'll see how Grinch has to adjust to the adjustments. But for a first game, no turnovers by the way. You know, this, I thought it was ironic the number that Grinch threw out there was they want to get two turnovers a game. Well, Oklahoma turned it over twice but didn't pick up any turnovers. Um so that, you know, I and, and I hate to be, yeah, I hate to poo-poo on the season opening win, but when when you look at 31 points, 400 yards of offense that your de- your defense gives up, you you don't get a turnover. When you and you've said that's our measure of success, that's our goal. We we want no less than two turnovers a game. Well, I mean, you can't. To me, if I'm if I'm writing a defensive grade book right now, I'm not giving this defense anything higher than a D. Is that is that too harsh? I I I think so, personally. To say that they were below average is pretty critical, in my opinion. I get what you're saying with the turnovers, but on the grand scheme of things, the offense turning the ball over and not helping the defense out, either putting them right back onto the field. Derek King, one of the guys, probably the most dynamic playmaker that Oklahoma will see this season. I, I think I can say that. Uh, the most dynamic playmaker, so shutting him down was not necessarily a reality. It was more containing him, kind of limiting what he was able to do. And I felt like for the most part, Oklahoma found a lot of success in that specific task. A D is just a little harsh for me. Well, it's not a failing grade, but 5.7 yards per carry, 241 yards on the ground is 
Um, I, I feel like they got attacked up front. They, they, um, I feel like Dana Holgerson took advantage of their aggressiveness a little bit uh, with the running game. Again, no turnovers, and I'm not the one who said it. That This is coming from Alex Grinch. Mm-hmm. Two turnovers a game is, is what they want. You didn't get any turnovers. Right. Had some chances, had some opportunities. They didn't get them because the opportunity wasn't there. Patrick Fields had one basically hit him right in the hands. Um, so, I again, I, I look at those. I don't think you give them an F, but I, I, I can't give them – I mean, it, it'd be a low C if, if, you, if you talked me into it. But 21 first downs, here, here's what, to me, I, I talked about the um, – I, I talked about the sure tackling. I felt like tackling for the most part was much, much better, particularly with Kenneth Murray. I, he just looked like he was a man throwing some kids down. You know, you know me, I have a little daughter. <laughs> sometimes I get crazy and I pick her up and throw her on the couch or whatever. Um, that's what Kenneth Murray looked like out there. But outside of the sure tackling, the fact that Oklahoma held Houston to five of 13 on first down, that, that was pretty impressive for me as well. Yeah, one of the things that you and I had specifically mentioned was we were looking or previewing this game was that Oklahoma had to be successful on third down on the defensive side of the ball, especially when they forced Houston into third and long situations. There wasn't one, there wasn't any miscommunications that I noticed going on. I mean, there were people clapping, there were people talking, of course, but it wasn't where I felt like oh, crap, we need to call a timeout here because the defense right. isn't aligned properly and nobody knows what's happening and we're still shifting as the ball's being snapped. I didn't have any of those aha <laughs> type moments from the defense. Um, but, yeah, when you look at uh, – Matt, here's what I'll say because um, one thing I wanted to specifically look at was the defensive line um, or the front seven in general. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I'm turning a corner on you here and kind of going a separate way than what you had initially started on. But we had talked about how important that front seven was. And you threw out the stats, the rushing stats there. Would you say, after watching the game, that a good portion of the responsibility for that 5.7 yards per carry was because of the front seven? Or was it just the playmaking ability of a mobile quarterback? a guy who's scrambling and extending plays. And that's, that's a great question. Um, and you know, you got a quarterback who goes 103 yards on, on 15 carries. But the other thing is, you know, the car had 76 yards and a touchdown on nine carries and Porter 40 yards. But here, here's what I'm, I'm pointing out is that when you look at King car and Porter King's longest run was 25 yards. You can say, okay, that's, that's a breakdown. That's a quarterback. You know, when I when I did my defensive keys to the game post, and even when we had on our preview on Thursday night, we talked about keeping containment on him, trying to funnel pressure up the middle, keep him inside the pocket. You knew he has he had playmaking ability. So yeah, we'll 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 kind of set that aside. The 103 yards to David King, 25 yard was his longest uh, run of the night. But Carr had a 21 yard run, and Porter had a 19 yard run. That's just that's just getting that is Dana Holgerson being pretty good at what he does and taking advantage of Oklahoma being aggressive. And that's that's what that comes down to. So, you know, that's Mm -hmm. 116 more yards on on 23 more carries that you're going to give to those guys. And so, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think if you if you have a lesser quarterback out there 
then you're not going to have the 103 rushing yards. But uh, again, uh, ne- next week, I-, I don't know who the quarterback is uh, for next week. I haven't really done a lot of research on them. I know that they've got a returning starter, um, but I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you the, the first thing about South Dakota uh, other than that they're 0-1 to start the season. That guy's going to be in a lot of trouble. If they keep the same type of intensity right. and pressure, um, and I don't understand why they wouldn't. Uh, they, they lost to Montana 31-17. I just Googled that just to see what was up. But they lost 31-17. to 17. I, I don't see why, be, because this is a defense that's learning. So they, they've got to keep moving with what they're doing. Um, I like some of the pre-movement, uh, pre-snap movement along the, uh, along the defensive mm-hmm. line to try to overload. But, but again, I saw in the second half, I saw Dana Holgerson take advantage of some of that. So I guess I'm saying all that to say they're, they're going to remain, in my opinion, aggressive this week. And, and again, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know who the quarterback is for South Dakota. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Lober, no, he's a place kicker. Just kidding. Um, it's funny if you <laughs> if you look up the if you look up the South Dakota Coyotes or their stats, their their leading stat guy is the kicker Mason Lober. Lorber. So I I don't know. They, even Yahoo or ESPN doesn't know who their starting quarterback is. Sneed. Um, nope, that's not him either. Um, <laughs> it's all good. But anyway, um, the point is, if you take away a guy like Derek King, and you and I have both said. They're not going to face a quarterback, I don't think, the remainder of the season who is up to par with this guy. So that's the good news. Bad news is you're still getting blown off the line in some places. You're out of position in others. But you can make up for some of that by sure tackling. There there was one play, and Rich, I don't remember. It was in the second half. I don't remember exactly where it was or who the player was that that made it. But it was an open field tackle that was – pretty critical and, and i remember looking at my crew that i'm watching the game with and saying last year that, that's a that's a that's 40 more yards downfield before they get that guy uh, and so there are improvements there like i said to me the, the biggest thing is is the tackling and the uh the third down uh I, you know the, the fact that they weren't they didn't look lost they didn't look confused on third down that that's something that um that really kind of stood out to me just on defense um, I, I feel like we're beating a dead horse with the tackling. So I, I'm just going to completely shift sides of the ball or not sides of the ball, excuse me, shift the conversation because what I wanted to single out just, just an individual at this point, because one of the guys that really shined to me was a guy like Ronnie Perkins, who I know we yeah. had a lot of expectations for specifically, but it's it's also a large portion of that that credit of what Ronnie Perkins was doing has to go to Neville Gallimore and a guy like Marquise Overton. These were guys who were all over the field, up front at least, making plays and, and making things extremely difficult. I don't know if you counted, I certainly didn't, and I don't know if that anyone would have counted this, but Oklahoma oftentimes sent just a four-man rush and had a lot mm-hmm. of success against Houston. And this is a Houston team that was returning 10 of their 11 starters. So on a success rate, I, I know that all leading up to this season, the one area I wanted to see the most improvement on was the ability to get someone into the backfield. It was that pass rush. And Oklahoma's missed that significantly since Obo Okoronkwo left campus. Now I feel like they've got a legitimate contender and they've got some younger guys coming up through the ranks 
who seem to fit that mold of a, a, a pass rusher and a specialty pass rusher at that. If Oklahoma can keep that, that line of talent coming into Norman, they're going to be successful. They're going to find success on the defensive side of the ball, and particularly when it comes to the Big 12. So just one thing that I noticed, again, Ronnie Perkins, the defensive line, four-man rush, and, and getting plenty of pressure, which I hope is, is the norm moving forward. Oklahoma with six tackles for loss, uh, three sacks. Kenneth Murray, 13 total tackles to lead the team. Your boy Ronnie Perkins coming in. There were seven total tackles uh, of second. And then Delaney Turner, Yell with six. So, yeah, I mean, I, we, we can switch sides and, and talk about the offense because that's what everybody wants to talk about anyway. Uh, so we'll jump over there right, <laughs> after the, right after this quick break. You listen to Sooner Nation, the online podcast for Heartland Sports, heartland-sports.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Vivid Seats studio. I'm Matt Hofen, along with Rich DeCray from Heartland Sports, uh, Oklahoma 49, Houston 31. Um, Record-breaking night for Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I didn't really know how to start this on our, our quick recap, but, you know, this kid had a pretty prestigious career at the University of Alabama before coming to Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, w- one night in, in Lincoln Riley's um, in Lincoln Riley's system, not only has he – uh, smashed his own personal best records, but he smashed Baker Mayfield's records for total yardage in a debut. Um, Jalen Hurts, uh, I, I said, again, I, I don't want to keep talking about, you know, tooting my own horn or anything along those lines, but one of my keys on the offensive side of the ball, offensive keys to, to success, was running Jalen Hurts and letting him run. And mm-hmm. I've talked about since the announcement of, of him coming, uh, transferring to Oklahoma, I've talked about he, this, is, this guy's an underrated runner. Um, 176 yards on 16 carries. I didn't expect him to run 16 times, Rich. Uh, I didn't either, especially in this first game. It's not something where you want to open up the entire playbook. Some things that you want to keep back, especially knowing that possibly the biggest matchup of the season is uh, we're in September now, so a month away, basically, as Oklahoma will prepare to play Texas. Needless to say, Jalen Hurts, the – this is not my comparison. This was used on the broadcast, and I, I thought it was very fitting. But it says Jalen Hurts as a runner, when you compare him to Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray was that, that Ferrari out there, whereas Jalen Hurts is the F-150. And it makes sense. <laughs> Stature-wise, the ability to absorb a couple more hits because of that stature, that's what you expect from a Jalen Hurts, but definitely with the the running back crew that Oklahoma has, did not think he would carry the ball 16 times. No, uh, yeah, in in this crazy, you mentioned the running backs. Trey Sermon, 11 carries, 91 yards. He he's the next closest as far as yardage goes. Oklahoma didn't produce another 100 yard running back uh, rusher outside of Jalen Hurts. Uh, Hurts Hurts was no slouch throwing the ball either. 20 of 23, 332 yards. You know he missed one. Uh, really bad on CeeDee Lamb, I thought, on the flea flicker play. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, vertically, I, I don't think – I think we're going to see the big difference between him and Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield was the vertical game. Not that Hurts cannot go vertical, but he just doesn't have that touch. Um, now, I, I will tell you that the scramble where he, he kind of flushed straight up the pocket, sucked the safety in, and, and it left <laughs> uh, CeeDee Lamb wide open. That was beautiful, and that was right. a great touch. A great pass on the money. Well, and um, and, Matt, and I don't, 
Yeah, go ahead. I don't know if you saw it, but CeeDee Lamb was slowing down for that ball and then had to speed back up to catch it. I'm like, right. yo, why did you quit running? Well, I think I think he broke because I think I think when Jalen stepped up in the pocket and That's just started true. running towards him, I, I think I think CD I think he faked out. No, did he fake out the safety? He faked out CD Lamb. That's what I mm-hmm. think. Right. And there's like one of those oh crap moments true. where the ball's coming at you. Yeah, can I'm gonna piggyback you here for a, a split second because I did never expect Jalen Hurts to come in and have the touch of a guy like Baker Mayfield or even a Kyler Murray. But to add to that argument is that nobody really knew who was going to be that vertical threat for the Oklahoma Sooners. You had D.D. Westbrook previously. Then you had um, Marquise Brown come through. And now that role is it's vacant. Who was going to be that? I really think Charleston Rambo stepped up and proved that he can be that kind of a guy. Three catches, 105 yards, I believe is what it was. Those are the types of numbers that we had expected from Hollywood Brown last season. And he's this was an argument that I was having with myself was who's going to step in and, and fill that Z role. It looks like Charleston Rambo by all accounts at this point in time. Yeah. Rambo, you know, we talked about this a little bit on our, um, on our preview last Thursday night, Rambo better than I expected. And again, it's, we're only talking about a guy who, who caught three passes, but um, you know, you look at the number of guys who caught multiple passes. Charleston Rambo three, City Lamb two, Hazelwood had two, Nick Baskin had three, uh, Jeremiah Hall had three, Trey Sermon caught two, Grant Calcutt's carrots caught two. I mean, I don't even know how many is that. Seven, one, two, three, four, five, mm. six, seven <laughs> guys caught at least two passes, and then you got three more guys who caught one. So you had ten guys catch passes tonight uh, from Jalen Hurts, and so. Again, I, I think as the season goes on, we, we talked about how deep that rotation would be at the receiver position. I think as the season goes on, you're going to see that narrowed down. But it also means, again, something we've talked about, who do you cover? Who do you bring the double team over? Well, obviously tonight it was C.D. Lamb and Grant Calcaterra who was really kind of getting a lot of the attention. And so on those long balls and some of those stretch plays, I mean, that left Charleston Rambo uh, as the benefactor mm-hmm. there. and when he there was the the one that on the touchdown when when he caught it you just kind of know okay he's got the speed they're not going to catch him and um and i i I, you can't you can't walk away from this game i've already heard one person say about you know the freshman guys of course hazelwood had two catches he he played the most out of any of them but you can't walk away from this game and not be excited about about the future for charles rambo guy's only a sophomore yeah and i know he specifically had said that a lot of people were counting him out. I I don't know how much of a reality that was, but I thought it would have been easy for him to be passed over with the talent that was coming in, with the number of stars, if you will, as well as the hype that surrounded this incoming class of, of specifically receivers. So I did see there was potential for him to get passed by, but look, these coaches know these players. He's more experienced. And I felt like he had a little bit of a, a coming out party, if we can use that term, there in the bowl game and, and prove right. that he is more than capable against top top competition. So game one, not a, not at all surprised to see Charleston Rambo have, have quite a game, especially when he's a benefactor of these other names who are absorbing a lot of the attention for him. 
Yeah. What do you What do you think about the running game? I I I think there may be some some. I mean, I think there may be some problems, not in, mm-hmm. in the area of cohesiveness and so forth with the offensive line that that yep. may have stymied a little bit what they do on the running on the running game. But you know, Trey yeah, Sermon, you... ninety one yards and eleven carries, thirty one yards was his longest. Kennedy Brooks, Kennedy Brooks only got four carries, which again is another little bit of a uh, of a of a head scratcher for me. Um, uh, there's one guy I want to talk about here in a minute, but give me your, your general thoughts on the running game. Yeah, I, I'm going the exact same place that you're going with it. And I'm looking at the offensive line who I thought was superb in pass protection, but in terms of opening up running lanes and moving guys off the blocks, I, I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't looking at this team and said that, excuse me, they dominated the line of scrimmage on the offensive line when it came to the running game. There's definitely some work to be done could it be the newness of these guys i mean we saw some errors here and there it is a very young offensive line by all accounts that that's not an excuse bill beedenboe one of the best offensive line coaches in the country if not the best and i know the preparation that he puts in and the work that he puts in with these players should have them ready to go day one like i said pass protection i thought they were superb running not not the best performance but man i, I want to say i think we learned exactly why rj proctor wasn't a starter tonight yeah i mean he he got in there and, and had some had some some time but uh look uh, outside of uh, creed humphrey I, I don't know that i'm going to pick out any one of the multiple guys who played on the offensive line i want to see the participation report to see exactly how many they played but it's upwards mm-hmm. to nine guys, I think, that came out there on the on the line tonight. Um, and I don't know if I if I'm ever going to agree with you, you know, on board with you that they were superb in pass protection because uh, a lot of a lot of what Jalen Hurts did was just tuck and run because it was breaking down. And so, um, you know, he, he flushed a lot, he stepped up in the pocket a lot, but there were some there were some times where a lesser guy's getting sacked, and Jalen Hurts was able to escape from that. Mm-hmm. I get where you're coming from, but the ability of these these offensive linemen to push a would-be tackler further back into the field to allow Jalen Hurts to step up counts for something, no? It, it does, but they – I mean, the left side of Oklahoma's <laughs> offensive line, the left side got struggled. To me, the left side struggled a lot, a lot heavier than anywhere else, and – I, I'm not saying they were trash. I'm not saying they were garbage, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to use the word superb. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That may be a strong term um, in hindsight, because here's what I know is coming off the field. You look at Jalen Hurts and no smiles. Didn't look like right. they had just won a game. Does the post game interview and it's consistently talking about execution, talking about the need and the drive and the want to improve. He's going to set the tone for this team, and I know specifically for the offensive line, they're looking at Jalen Hurts. They're they're looking at Creed Humphrey. These are the two guys who are going to have to consistently push that offensive line to be better each and every night, each and every Saturday from here on out. I I think they've got the leadership who can do that. I think they've got the work ethic, um, especially with Alex Grinch coming in and consistently preaching effort. That's going to bleed over into the offense. If it hasn't yet, I would be completely surprised. Who's going to 
step up and be the solidified starting five? Well, we got one of those. I still think the four positions, as you've mentioned, are going to be a rotation. More specifically, <laughs> I don't know. Matt, I, I'm still I'm still on the UCLA train saying it's, it's a little bit more difficult in terms of physicality. But I think we'll see coming out of UCLA, we'll see a more solidified offensive line. Yeah, you're going to see a bunch of guys play next week. And, and, and again, I think UCLA, but you, they have to. After UCLA, you start conference play. So you've got to be solidified on the mm-hmm. offensive line. And I'm sticking to my guns that you're insane if you think that that is a, is a, is a tougher game than what Oklahoma <laughs> just finished. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns on that. You're insane if that's what your thought is. Um, I got to ask you real fast. Ramondre Stevenson, guy I've been touting, talking him up. Uh, six carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Man, I wasn't overly impressed with him. 6.8 yards Body, a carry. But I know he also has a fumble. That, now that well, fumble, hang on, hang on. I do want to go gonna, back. It's not entirely okay. on, on yes. Stevenson or Stevens? Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah. yeah, it's not entirely on him. It was, a, it was a mishandle. I don't know if they were trying to do a zone read yeah, on exactly. that. And, right. and it was just held on too long. So Stevenson, Stevenson never had a hold of that ball. And exactly. Grant, granted, he tried to go back and grab it, but with that forward motion and bodies flying, there there was literally no hope on that fumble. I saw two miscommunications like that tonight. Ramondre Stevenson, big, like I said, a bruiser when it comes to the running game. I think he could be extremely vital as you look a guy like Trey Sermon paired with Stevenson in the red zone specifically. Yeah, I, I was super impressed with the kid. I, I liked his speed. And again, I, I, I had compared him to Samaje P. Ryan's power. With yes, Joe that's Mixon's exactly a- what he looked like tonight. Yeah, and Joe, Mix- Joe Mixon's athleticism and speed. By the way, just side note, really cool that Samaje P. Ryan, Joe Mixon back on the same team again. That's going to be uh, fun to watch. Ohio <laughs> is blessed by – the state of Ohio is blessed by uh, Oklahoma football. Um we're going to take our, our, our next break and then um, and we'll come back and, and talk. Um, we got to talk special teams. Uh, and then uh, we talk, uh, we've already talked about miscues. Just going to highlight those again. Um, but Oklahoma uh, rolls out of uh, with the offensive performance uh, like no other 49, 31 over Houston um, next week, South Dakota, vivid seats, man. If you want tickets, you can get them. Vivid seats, and if you use the promo code, if you download the app, use the promo code overtime, all caps. Use the promo code overtime. Uh, you will get uh, some money off on your tickets next week for South Dakota. He's Rich. I'm Matt. Sooner Nation podcast. We'll be right back. Okay, Rich. We we kind of highlighted some of the miscues. We talked about the fumbles. Uh, Jalen Hurts fumbled the ball, and then Jalen Hurts, Ramondre Stevenson together fumbled the ball. Um, you, I mean, I'm giving you credit here because this is something that you have brought up in the past. Well, maybe one of the first people to bring this up, but you're, you're kind of like, Hey guys, um, you lost a pretty solid guy in the place kicking uh, department and who's going to fill in for him. Um, that's the one area that just wasn't good. In, in my opinion, if, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get me to tell you something that that wasn't good, I'm, I'm going to start right there, uh, right there in the kicking department. Um, definitely missing Austin Seibert. No doubt. It's an unfamiliar position to be in because Austin Seibert had locked down the starting role 
basically at every position. I, I don't know that it was ever really a competition for him when he stepped on campus and won that rollover. It was his until he graduated. And Matt, <laughs> that was 2014, which seems mm -hmm. so odd to say out loud. Oklahoma had been spoiled, and I know that people wanted to give him an extremely difficult time when he did, when Austin Cyber, that has had those struggles. Now here we are, and I think the best tweet I saw all night long was that if Oklahoma was trying to replicate Alabama, they certainly did it in the kicking <laughs> game. Yeah, Sutherland <laughs> 0 for 2 uh, on field goal attempts. Now, to his credit, he was 7 for 7 on extra points. Uh, mm -hmm. But field goals were field goals were a thing. Um, right. They 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 were cringeworthy is the word I'm going to use. And it's just I, again you don't want to ever go 0 for two. Mm -hmm. But I think because of how good how how spoiled we are to Austin Cyber, you just kind of got to go wow. Um, but and even before that with Michael Honeycutt. Oh. Well, Money Cut actually, you know, if you remember kind of the end of his career, he kind of got a little got in his his head a little bit and and No, I get there. that, but we want to we want to give these guys a hard time. No, I, the I'm careers they had Cybert, Money right. and now here we are at the beginning of a new kicker's career and man, just close your eyes. <laughs> just close your eyes. That's basically all you can do. I will say this though about Sutherland is he apparently has an extremely strong leg because Matt, you and I had a little wager a while back and we decided to go out into a field and kick some field goals. Now, <laughs> I, how, what was the furthest, what was the furthest one I made? Was it 30 yards? Yeah. Cause you, you said you could do it from 35 and I was like, there's no way. Oh, I, I think I kicked it 35 to end the day. And then, uh, and then I don't know, up. man. It was 30 yeah. or 35. It doesn't matter. I, I was I thinking think it was leg, 25. I, I think my leg was going to fall. I thought we started at 25. This is a story is that what we did? for another time, but I kick, I think I, I think I tried a 40 yarder just to end the day. Um, and I think my leg was going to fall off. I, I was so sore the next day, but granted, I don't do this every day and I have no intentions of kicking a ball every day, but seeing or actually attempting to do what these guys do, you have to have a strong leg. And I can say Sutherland's got that. Just need to work on the accuracy. Uh, from the putting, uh, putting angle, Minshew, um, uh, Munchichu, I, I'm still going to butcher that guy's name. Uh, one punt, 41 yards. Not terrible. No. <laughs> Did you have I mean, any comments on that? Yeah, it's not a large I mean, sample I, size. I yeah, mean, I mean, it's not, can, it's not an outstanding. I mean, right. it's not outstanding by any stretch of the imagination, mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, this is 41. This is also terrible. <laughs> this is also the first time that these guys have been in front of, of 90,000 fans with an actual job or task to complete. I, I think nerves played a little bit into it um, as the season goes on. I expect that number to go up. But again, Oklahoma has been spoiled and we don't realize just how good we've had it in the past with kickers right it's, yeah it's right, one so part of the game everyone takes for granted that you expect so it to happen no one talks about it in, until it goes awry let's talk about um players of the game starting uh can we just say jalen hurts offensive player of the game yeah absolutely no no All questions right. about that so i think i know who you're going to go with defensive player of the game and i'm, I'm going to yeah that one's you. an easy one uh, yeah so go ahead and throw that throw it out there 
Yeah, it's Kenneth Murray for sure, especially setting the tone for the defense. You saw him utilize his speed, which I don't think is something that the defensive coordinators had really tapped into in the past, especially right. after seeing him today. That guy, anytime you thought someone was getting past the front seven, Murray came out of nowhere to make the play. He was getting into the backfield. He was doing everything you expect a guy who's a veteran like he is to do. But more importantly for me is that here's a guy who was tabbed the defensive Big 12 player of the year in the preseason. Game one looks like the Big 12 defensive player of the year unquestionably. Well, and you you and I have talked about Murray in the past, and I think I, I said something along the lines that He's got some work to do to be really high NFL draft ready. Um, he he showed off tonight. He showed off, and, and the main thing he showed was the speed that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So great, great start for him. This is a guy who led this defense last year, and there's nothing at all to, from what he did tonight that would indicate he's not going to do the exact same thing um, this this season. I mean, in in the speed again. I think the speed is what impressed me the most. You, you know the guy's a tackler. Right. I mean, you can't watch last year's film and not think this guy's a tackler. But some of the strength he showed, um, just throwing guys, like I said, throwing guys around, like I throw my daughter around, just throwing guys around. These are college athletes that he's just <laughs> throwing around multiple times, but then the speed. So uh, big, big night for Kenneth Murray. And, and there's a lot of offensive coordinators who watch this game, and they're going to tell you, that's a different guy than they had the scheme for last year. Right. I completely different agree guy. With that. So, and I don't, I don't know if it just comes down. Kenneth Murray's the guy that we know about all the effort standards that have been in place under the direction of Alex Grinch. So I don't know if it's just an effort issue and finally playing to his potential, but if that's all it took was for someone to come and come in and say, Hey, look, you're not giving it a hundred percent. I need you to give a hundred percent. And this is now the product. So be it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and again, when when you're last in pass defense, you can't. There's nowhere to go but up. And and the, the, mm-hmm. when you look at this defense, they were good against the pass tonight. They weren't great. They weren't spectacular, but they were good against the pass. They they were good enough against the pass that it forced Dana Holgerson to change his game plan and really go more. Uh, on the, relying on the run, and that's good. That that's a that's a good indicator when you're looking for improvement. You're looking for a way to go. Uh, you're looking for signs of of um, possible of, of of possible you know excitement in the future for this defense. The fact that they they forced a guy like like Dana Holgerson to change his game plan, that's a good sign. And they're just going to build on that. Now I I fully expect. Mm-hmm. A completely dominating performance next week, just because when you, you you when you compare player personnel, you know this should be a hundred to nothing game, but you're not going to play. You know you're not going. Jalen Hurts won't see deep into the third quarter if he even sees the third quarter. You're going to see right. Spencer Rattler make his debut next week, but then we'll see at UCLA <laughs> a game that you've marked down as pretty much a loss for Oklahoma. No, um, I've never said that, and I <laughs> and I will not use that term because I don't believe that's true. All right, before tonight, um, Jalen Hurts' best game 
was 447 yards against Mississippi State. He blew right past that tonight. Um, any any closing thoughts on offense or defense, and then we'll run through the Big 12. Yeah, the only thing that I want to say is we do have to remember offensively, Houston on the defense, Oklahoma's offense, to clarify that, Houston's defense was right there as one of the worst. I think it was right. Houston, Oklahoma, Utah. When it came to to defense, and we look at this performance, and it's easy to get excited. It's it's easy to get behind those kind of performances, but I've got to remind myself to stay grounded because that's not going to happen every single outing. There are improvements to be made, and when we look at the post-game interviews, the players weren't happy with their performances despite getting a win over a quality opponent in the very first season or very first game of the season. The second thing we do have to remember is these are two teams that are at 100% full strength. Right now, Oklahoma, you may say, isn't at full strength because they did lose Norwood on that season-ending injury. But needless to say, it's a pretty healthy group outside of Norwood. This may – I don't want to say it's the best that we'll get on defense, but it's a very good starting block. I expect improvements. I don't think this is the norm. No, I agree. I, I, I'm going to just jump in there and say uh, 100% agreed. Uh, Oklahoma's win over Houston, the Sooners 49-31 over the Houston Cougars. Um, it caps a undefeated weekend for the 12. Conference goes 10-0. and uh, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I, I, I had Iowa State playing Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. Northern Iowa, they, they escaped in triple overtime. That, to me, was probably the <laughs> most eye-opening, head-scratching moment for the Big 12 this weekend. Because you knew West Virginia. I, you knew, I, I, I knew West Virginia was going to be bad. I, I, that's why I ranked them so low mm-hmm. when we did our first set of Big 12 power rankings. I, I knew that was going to be a struggle. And you know, we, we right. talked about Kansas and, and what Les Miles is building. Uh, but, man, I mean, Iowa State, for me, they're, they're one of the three-ranked teams in the Big 12. I, mm-hmm. I had them edging out Texas. I, I, have, I, I tweeted out after, uh, after that game on Saturday – I tweeted out um, my my confidence in that pick right now is at a Joey Galloway like level. Well, let me tell you this, Matt. At least they're not Tennessee. Ouch. Yeah. Well, at least they're not the SEC. It was a rough weekend for the SEC. They did get the win over Oregon. Well, they did, but they they <laughs> they went down hard. In the, hey. they, they they lost to North Carolina. They they lost to Memphis. And they lost to Georgia State. That that is not a uh, that's not a that's that's not a kind of lineup that you want to say you're losing right. to if you're the the premier hey, conference in the country. As we wrap this up, one of my Friday locks just so happened to be Oregon. So I am taking the loss on that one. I'm not a believer in the SEC. I think that this. I guess this is my parting shot. I think that the SEC has one, two dominant powerhouse teams and the rest are riding their coattails right now. 
I, I wouldn't disagree with that either. I, I think I'm 2-0 and in Friday locks with tomorrow night's game uh, giving me the chance to go perfect. Uh, final thought, man, Oklahoma State, 52-36 over Oregon. Um, well, you talked about bad defenses from last year. You got to throw Oregon State in there, uh, bad defenses. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, kudos to Spencer Sanders. But giving up 36 to Oregon State makes me question more uh, about Oklahoma State as well as far as their defensive improvement. He's Rich. I'm Matt, the Sooner Nation. We'll be back on Thursday night to preview South Dakota. Oh, what a fun night that'll be. Have a fantastic Labor Day and enjoy your week, everybody. Boomer Sooner.